James is writing this letter in this second chapter, not because of his insight into problems that he feels may arise in the community. No, I, I suggest to you that James was pointing out things that were going on to the detriment of the community. This second chapter of James starts out with a bold instruction against favoritism. He uses an illustration of a a well-to-do man and a poor man coming into a meeting, a gathering, perhaps even a religious gathering. He points out that giving preferential treatment to the rich man while discriminating against the poor man surely amounts to them as being discriminatory judges of people with evil thoughts as the source of their motivation. He goes on to talk about how dishonoring the poor is certainly against the will and the way of God. The question becomes, do we do this in communities today? Does this actually happen in our faith communities today? Does it happen during our ecumenical gatherings? I would sadly suggest that it still happens and of course it shouldn't. But not only do we need to stand against this type of mistreatment of the poor in our gatherings, we need to stand antithetical to the institutionalizing of the mistreatment of the poor. We should stand against a system that grants favoritism to those who are not living in the deadly, paralyzing grips of poverty. So I suggest that as we prepare ourselves to vote, we should examine the policies of the candidates to to see if the policies are drafted in a way that dishonor the poor. And if they are, then I would suggest we reconsider this candidate as being not worthy enough to receive our vote of support. For we as people of God who desire to do God's will, we should not enable and empower injustice against the poor through our voting power. 
James moves on to reminding us that we are to love our neighbors. He reminds us that we are to be merciful. The letter continues with a transition into the subject of faith and deeds. Simply put, we have to do better than just talking the talk. We need to actually walk the walk. In verse 14, James makes a bold statement in the form of two questions. He says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? He goes on with the illustration as follows. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. My friends, it is simply not good enough to offer words to someone in need. Sometimes words of encouragement are good. And sometimes all that is needed is your being there for them. To provide a shoulder to lean on it, an ear to listen. But often we find that People have needs that we can actually help with, and words alone simply don't cut it. And sadly, sometimes words alone can intensify the person's pain. So let us be spiritually and socially sensitive to the needs of others. For just as the, the Spirit of God within us, the breath of life animates the body, good works or good deeds, acts of love, charity, forgiveness, and kindness give life to our faith. Amen.